0: what is up hello there my name is jessica patching bunch you can call me jpb and this is brain body resilience this is a podcast dedicated to growth human development and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more hello my friends and welcome back to this uh stress mini series is Brain-Body Resilience Pillars of Stress and Stress Resilience mini-series. Today we are on part five, your breath and stress. Last week we talked about your brain and I'm going to revisit the breath today. Um, You know, I just did an episode on why I'm obsessed with breathing. breathing. That was episode 48 and it was kind of inspired, it was what inspired this mini-series to dig a little bit deeper and go into the pillars of the brain body resilience method. So with that, since I've already talked about breathing, I'm going to add a few tidbits here and then refer you back to episode 48. Give that one a listen. There is plenty of information for uh, so many episodes on this, but I'm trying to keep it succinct and really just give you the highlights. I'm sure there will be more on this later on in life. Anyways, so what we know from uh, previous episodes, and again, go take a look at those ones. But we know that our breath is a direct line of communication to the nervous system. And one of the most powerful neuro hacks that we have for managing stress Our breathing is a direct on-off switch for our autonomic nervous system, which has those two parts, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic side of the nervous system that are supposed to be co-regulating a lot of our bodily functions, Um, and they do, but we can get stuck kind of in either side of that and then we are not balanced, there is no homeostasis, problems arise. So. We know that our breathing as a tool is free, it's renewable, and it's always available to us. We know that most of the time, we pay very little attention to our breath because the autonomic nervous system takes care of regulation in order to keep us alive, which is fantastic, and we are grateful But when we do breathe with intention, and when we do pay attention to how those patterns are, it gives us a great insight into how we can better manage our overall state of health and well-being. And we also know that managing how we breathe can balance our internal state, that balance between the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system sides that I was just talking about, we can activate our vagus nerve, which has a great impact on that par- um, parasympathetic uh, side of our nervous system and that kind of rest and digest calming state that we need to access in order to come out of the elevated state of sympathetic fight or flight activation. So we also know that upper chest breathing, quick frequent breaths, big breaths of big air, uh, activate the fight or flight response. If we think about how do you breathe when you're startled, it's kind of a quick <gasps> breath in, uh, mouth opened, upper chest. And that's I, I love that kind of example because that's what exactly what it is. You stay in that state internally. Um, and then that just perpetuates those stress levels and increases that heavy breathing and it's just this vicious cycle. And we know that addressing dysfunctional breathing patterns is crucial in addressing stress because reduced oxygen to the brain limits our cognitive function. So there's no amount of reasoning and talking through things that will correct this deficiency. In order to address stress levels in a real way and make real progress, we have to first address the dysfunctional breathing patterns that are perpetuating the stress response. And so, the reason that I chose to revisit breathing today is because our breath is the connection between our brain and body, our mind and body. And we did brain on the last episode, and we'll be doing body on our next episode. And so, I thought this was a good bridge into the two. So, let's get into this. We know that long term chronic stress changes our breathing patterns. So, even when the stressor is removed, the breathing pattern has been altered to encourage that sympathetic state, that fight or flight state. And so in order to address the effects of stress on our mental health and overall well-being, we have to address our breathing patterns. My goal is to help people understand that we have so much power over both our physiology and our psychology, our, you know, mind and body health, how we think and how we feel just in the ability to manage our breath, because this governs our nervous system. And if we are intentional with the input into our nervous system, then we are creating how we experience life and how we experience life is everything because that's, that's everything. How, how we experience life is our reality. Um, and so Y'all know how I feel about the importance of knowing how we work as humans. If we don't know how something works, we can't use it or use it properly. And that very much includes ourselves. I actually just came across something that um, was showing that studies actually... Have shown that when we understand, or that when we know why something works the way that it works, it works even better because we have that additional understanding and awareness to it. And there is so much poor information out there about breathing and breathwork practices. I have seen, I've seen just uh, you know some really kind of prominent breathwork accounts on 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 the gram doing lives, going through a breathwork practice with folks. And there were a lot of people, there were like a couple hundred people on this live doing, following this breathwork that this person was leading. And the way that they were leading it was just contrary to how the way we should be addressing our physiology. It just was not based in science at all. It was not based in, um, I don't know what it was based in. It was not based in actual practices that are going to be beneficial for, again, the physiology or the psychology to help decrease stress and anxiety. And that's the worst. Because for a couple of reasons, just like why are you perpetuating bad information? It's because they don't, I'm sure they don't know that it's not scientifically sound information. um, Which is why I am so adamant that I, you know, spread the good word about these little pieces, little gems that I have knowledge of how we work. That's why it's so important to know how we work as human beings. Because if we don't, then we don't understand when there's poor information. And then if we're showing up to these types of classes for this stress relief, for a tool, sometimes just desperate for something to work, anything to feel better. And then we go to this thing and it either just makes us feel worse because that's what that's what it was going to do in this case when this specific type of breath work was not going to be helpful in in, in helping to re- reduce calm or increase calm and reduce anxiety and stress. Um, so it's either just not going to work or it's going to make things worse. And then we have somebody who is seeking this tool, just kind of like, well, okay, this this is whack. It doesn't work. Or... I'm so fucked up, this is not going to work for me. And neither of those things are true. It's just not it's, it's poor information. It is not the right technique for this person, because it is not working with the physiology of the stress response. And, and so that's what we're focused on. So there's a lot of poor information out there. And You know, if I think about like yoga classes that I've been in, where it's like, take a big deep breath and breathe really hard, breathe everything out really hard, breathe in really hard. Um, Also just poor advice, bad information, not based in physiology, heavy breathing, bigger breaths is this is not what we're looking for. It's actually leading to lower oxygen availability in the body and the brain. And when we're over-breathing, we're blowing off the carbon dioxide, the CO2 that is necessary for the oxygen to actually depart the bloodstream and be useful in the tissues that we need it to. So without the the presence of the CO2 in the hemoglobin, it will not actually release that oxygen. It kind of like holds it hostage without certain levels of CO2. And so... We actually, the, the need to breathe, our, our impulse to breathe is initiated by the detection of CO2 levels by, by something called a chemoreceptor. And if we have a low tolerance to that CO2, it's going to trigger us needing to breathe more often, more frequently. And we're going to be out of breath more often, and then we're going to be uh, taking in less oxygen or or having less oxygen available to go into the tissues and then that increased sympathetic activity in the nervous system from that frequent breathing heavy over breathing and so what all of that means is just that we are breathing heavy and hard we're taking big breaths and we're breathing through the mouth we're actually doing ourselves a disservice with all of this making our stress and anxiety worse just by perpetuating this type of physiological information that's being sent we know that uh, right about 80% of people who are prone to anxiety have dysfunctional breathing patterns. That is not a coincidence. It makes so much sense now that we know that our breathing patterns drive our nervous system activity and communication with the stress response. So how should we be breathing? It should be soft. It should be slow. It should be deep into the body, into the diaphragm, into the depths. And it should not be audible. We shouldn't be able to hear ourselves breathing unless we are exerting a lot of physical effort to uh, justify that demand. There is an optimal amount of breathing that we should be doing each day to maintain our health. Just like there is, you know, an optimal amount of food and water that we need to stay healthy every day. It's the same thing. It's a resource that our body needs a certain amount of to Um, live, to survive, to gain energy, to function properly. And contrary to what we think a lot of the time, more is not better. More is definitely not better in this case. And there are are all kinds of breathing techniques that accomplish different things. So if we're looking at breath work, um, it's actually been a staple of wellness... Practices in indigenous cultures, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, for thousands of years. This is not new. Um, It certainly was not discovered in the Western world uh, or in you know white lady wellness. These uh, techniques have been been known and been practiced for again thousands of years. And now it's great that science is you know, Western science has caught up and is like, oh yeah, this makes sense because of now we can measure these things and we can see these things and we have the technology to, um, kind of get up to speed (laughs) really. So, um, all of that to say, you know, we know that these things work, we've known forever that, that breathing is a central piece of our wellness. Um, And there are breathing techniques to increase energy and even reach altered states of consciousness, which, you know, these are not the types of breathing that I work with. I don't really know anything about that um, in the way of like leading those things. That's just not, that's not my focus. What my focus is, is with breathing. It is with working with my clients to bring awareness to what is currently happening, to tap into that present moment, because even being present in a moment is really hard for us because we are constantly distracted. We are constantly overwhelmed. We are constantly thinking about the past, uh, regrets, things that happened, how we feel about that, not wanting that to happen again, maybe. And then that brings us into the future, thinking about things that like all of the what ifs, all of the anxiety, all of the worries and all of the The uh, potential dangers and the potential failures and the potential, all of these things that we burden ourselves with that just like really don't make any fucking sense because it's not even real. It's just stuff we're making up. So if we can anchor ourselves in the present moment just long enough to realize that this is where we have the ability to make changes, this is where we have the ability to take action to affect how we're feeling um, you know, and make efforts towards the outcomes that we actually want. Only in the now do we have that power and ability. So bringing our attention to how we're breathing in this moment, so we can work to manage that, to notice if it is in fact quick and shallow, because then we know that there is a dysfunctional pattern promoting that fight or flight activation and decreased oxygen in the brain and body, which can then uh, break down just about everything else that is causing all kinds of health issues. So if we're looking at decreased oxygen, we n- we know that this affects our emotional state, our physical state, our um, mental state, absolutely. It is affecting how our metabolic waste is cleaned. It's affecting our metabolism. It's affecting how we Uh, If we are getting the nutrients to our tissues that we need, this is affecting our energy levels, um, our levels of fatigue, our levels of um, repair and regeneration. It's affecting our heart rate and our um, blood pressure. There is just, it is incredible. It's incredible how much we need oxygen. It's wild. It's almost like it's part of our life force because it is. And, you know, when we are having these dysfunctional breathing patterns, it is affecting every part of our body. It is contributing to um, poor sleep, concentration, energy levels, mood, um, you know, breathlessness just throughout time and rest. And that is a huge indicator that there is an issue if we find ourselves breathing heavy, audibly, at rest. Um, So moving on. So after we are aware, now that we know, you know, how important it is, after we are aware of how we are breathing, then we can start to work on intentional breathing, low, slow, deep breaths that are going to promote a more functional pattern and regulate um the volume of CO2 and oxygen that is available in our body and then promote better met- metabolic function, better immune function, better, you know, just clarity, energy, all of these things that we need, and that when we feel stressed, are not there. Um, so when we're breathing light, this means that we're decreasing the volume of each breath. This means that it is we're not taking in big gulps of air we're taking in just a little bit of air and we are going slow. So we are not trying to get that breath in as quick as we can and get out. We are slowing down, which so many things in reducing our stress and managing our stress and anxiety, slowing down is key. So we're breathing light, we're breathing slow, and we're taking those light, slow breaths deep into our diaphragm, which is that breathing muscle that's kind of like a parachute shape underneath the ribs. And what that does is help us to uh, access a little bit more of that vagal activity, that parasympathetic activity and communication there that will help us to switch into that rest and digest um, calming nervous system function and patterning. So once we do that, when when we are slowing our breath and we are kind of tapping into that physiological change, then we are creating also a little bit of space, a little bit of space to notice what our thoughts are and going through the mind and assessing what is running through my head. A lot of these racing thoughts, these worries, this anxiety, what are these things? Are they useful? Are they usable? And, you know, or is it just perpetuating my stress and anxiety? Again, awareness always comes first and we can't manage or control something if we don't understand it. The breath work that I focus on is about awareness. It's about creating a foundation for creating a more functional breathing pattern to promote nervous system balance, to promote resilience, to promote calm and clarity of thought, and the ability to flow back and forth between those states of stress and calm as we are intended to be able to do without getting stuck. Once we have that foundation, then we can add some grounding mantras or additional vagal toning with humming or extended breathing. Um, which we work on. But awareness always comes first because again, if we don't know what it is, we can't manage or control it. If we don't know what we're already doing, we can't make changes that are going to be beneficial. So my challenge to you this week is just to notice your breath and spend some time each day breathing with intention, lightly, slowly, deeply into your body and see how that feels. If it's not something that we're used to doing, it will likely be uncomfortable. That is okay. Part of building resilience to stress is being in control of a little bit of discomfort and walking ourselves through it and understanding, again, giving our brain that reference point that we can manage and control the challenge in front of us. That uncertainty and lack of control is the worst for our brain, if we remember that, so when we have a sense of certainty and control over this over this stress or over this challenge that we are then going to overcome it is useful stress and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. Anyways, I want to wrap this up. I'm going to say thank you endlessly for being here. I am so excited. Um, you know, we're a year old now here at Brain Body Resilience Podcast and I am immensely grateful Every time I hear from any, any, all of you, all of you, any of you who reach out and tell me about what resonated, how it landed, how it was helpful. I just am, I am truly, truly grateful for you taking the time to listen to me because you could be doing anything with your time and you choose to spend it here listening to me. And that is incredible. I am, I am truly honored and grateful that you are here. So I will say thank you. I will wish you a beautiful week to come and I will see you back here next week. All right. Until then, peace out.